You're listening to the Biggest Loser Fan Podcast with Cliff Ravenscraft and Father Roderick. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Biggest Loser Fan Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And from Holland, I'm Father Roderick. We're here each and every week, at least while the show is on, The Biggest Loser, to talk about one of our favorite shows, The Biggest Loser, a big hit, not just in the U.S., but around the world. And today, Father Roderick, I am extremely excited because, well, number one, it is the day of the finale for, what is this, season nine, I believe? Yeah. But Definitely. We, but we also have a very special guest that we're going to talk to in just a few minutes. Uh, do you want to tell folks who we're going to be talking to today? We're going to be talking to the first ever female winner of The Biggest Loser. Her name is Allie Vincent, and she won the fifth season. It was an amazing se- One of my all-time favorite seasons. And uh, she was part of the pink team together with her mom. And she and her mom uh, made an incredible impression, uh, not just on me, but on almost everyone who is watching the show. It's it's just, uh, uh, she, she's been become a role model, I think, for women all over the planet with her success. Well, I am very excited. Now, I'm going to have to confess to folks out there, this is the one of the first times that I've actually done an interview where if I didn't know exactly who the person was and didn't know the whole story, uh, that I didn't actually go and do all the research. I'm usually really good at that. Uh, but as you'll hear later at the end of the show today, I just have been uh, doing a lot of things this past week. Uh, but which, by the way, Father Rodder, can I just say I am so excited uh, that we we had the Lost series finale party, had a great time and had people from literally all over the world, and it was just a fantastic event. It's amazing, isn't it, how new media can bring people together in a community, and you feel like family even though you've never met? It it is. I mean, it, it literally, these people, I, I would say without new media, it, it was probably a group of people who would have never in a million years would have, if they ever would have ran into each other face-to-face, chances are they wouldn't have connected because usually when you meet people face to face and in person it's usually politics weather or sports or some of that other really light-hearted chit chat stuff that gets you going but in new media it, it you actually are immediately connected with other people who share your passions because everything in new media kind of centers around niche areas niche communities and uh, it really is a huge benefit, and it's and it's a lot of fun. It's one of the things I love about doing a specific show designed and devoted just to people who want to learn how to live a more healthy, balanced life, and who also enjoy the show, The Biggest Loser. Yes, and talking about this idea of living a a balanced and 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 healthy life, we both have set some goals a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> some possible. According to some people, uh, and and the our finale of, of <laughs> was actually the the day of the lost finale, and uh, you had set an outrageous goal, and I had just set a, a little modest uh, coward, <laughs> cowardly. You know, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna lose some pounds as well. <laughs> Can you please remind us of what the original plan was? If you have to bring it up, I will. Uh, <laughs> so two weeks ago, uh, I actually said that I wanted to lose. Uh, uh, 17 pounds before the the lost finale party and I had which would have for me would have been one pound a day for for 17 days uh, and so I, I 
basically the first week I had dropped five of the of the seven that I would have needed to drop that week to stay on that goal. Uh, but I want to tell you, Father Roderick, the the stress of preparing for an event where people are coming from all over the world, all over the U.S., and making sure that everything is all in order, plus managing all the other stuff. I have a bunch of excuses. Can you hear the excuses coming? <laughs> I really... Feeling like uh, Jillian Michaels, you know? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, bleep. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, no, I totally, I think it's a, it's a valid excuse. I mean, I know how stressful it is to organize a big, you know, international party like that. I've been going through the, 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 the process of organizing two big conferences in the past. And even though I wasn't even the person putting the, the whole show together, I was still stressed out and and I I didn't have you know it's just panic mode for 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 a whole week so it is very very difficult to continue to you know find that balance and 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 especially you know lose weight at all yeah. in in like that I want let me, let me also add my own goal uh, that I formulated at the same time I I, w- I had to lose if I'm correct 9 pounds something like that to get back to my original kind of running weight uh, yeah. that I had, uh, for, you know, in order to be in, in, at my optimum weight for um, for the marathon training. And so I've also been very successful in the first week and then I really had to fight for the next, for the week after that. Um, but, you know, I just, let's first, how how did you fare in that, in, in those final days? I mean, w- w- what was the goal that you were able to, uh, to reach uh, uh, in the end? I maintained my weight the second week uh, be, leading uh, up to the foul, finale. So I, did, I didn't gain, but I did maintain. But I will tell you, I, the, the week leading up to the finale, I, I only worked out twice, which, you know, that, that, you know I'm not, I mean, I'm going to celebrate the successes that I had. The, the two days that I worked out, I will tell you, it, it literally, it, it's one of those things where you can just say that there just wasn't enough time in the day. But the truth uh-huh. is, is there's always time in the day because we all have the same amount of time in the day. It's whether or not you made it a priority. Well, two of yeah. the two of the the seven days leading up to the finale, uh, it literally, it it just had to be something I had to force myself to do. I did go to the Y, and I actually ended up running two five Ks on the treadmill. Uh, one of which I did in 37 minutes, and one of which I did in 40 minutes. Uh, so I actually did get in out there. I did work out. I did maintain. Uh, and outside of the uh, weekend, the day before, my my eating habits were well maintained. Now I will say this: that the day before the event, we had a GSPN.TV community meetup. And I don't know what happened, but it was one of those days where there's lots of food and there's a lot, you know, a couple people in the house and I'm sitting there. Everything in my mind is, is everybody happy? Is everybody happy? Is it, you know, is there, <laughs> and I was consistently, you know, am I making everybody happy? Which, of course, I have no control over making people happy. So I don't know why I fret about it. But I, I, I will tell you what, I did a little bit of stress eating that day. <laughs> I did a little bit of stress eating that day. And man, at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, what did I just do? <laughs> but, you know, hey, it, the thing is. And, is, and despite that, you maintained weight. I yeah. mean, you, 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 you have that loss. You know, it's in the basket. And, um, you know, you can, you can just set a new goal uh, to lose the rest and to get, a, to get under that, uh, you know, 200 pounds um, uh, uh, threshold. Yeah. 
I, and, and I'm going to do it. I am going to do it. Uh, oh, and so, no so, so how I'm did no you fare when you got on there? Well, so as I said, the first week was very good. And then I had to force myself the second week, just like you. I was under a lot of stress, just lots of stuff going on. I didn't sleep that well. And so I forced myself, just like you, to go running. I was like, that is the most efficient way for me to lose weight. And 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 it's something that I enjoy doing. It, it's hard to actually get on the road. It's the process leading up to that that is hard to kind of convince myself that, yes, I do have time for that or I'm just going to make time for that. Once I'm running, everything is gone. You know, it's like the I just want to keep on running. And so I, I did um, a half marathon uh, a couple of days ago. Oh, wow. And some serious running um also in the, in the days uh, surrounding that. And, and I think that saved me. So I wasn't able to reach my, my, my final goal, but I got close. I, I went from 160 pounds to 152 pounds. So I lost uh, eight pounds in total. No, that's great which, though. Which is okay. It's, it's okay. And I'm, I'm really happy that I, for me, the most important thing was to have set that goal and to have been able, despite the stress, to have kicked myself, you know, on the street and, and, and just to have that experience again of running a half marathon and, and really enjoying it. And yeah, my feet were completely, you know, gone because when you stop running these long distances, your, um, your skin gets very tender. Uh, you know, <laughs> so you lose that, I don't know, that ape-like structure on your feet. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, everything was bleeding. <laughs> Wow. It will take a while to get back on the road. But uh, believe me, I, I was just so happy. And, and uh, it just reminded me how, how happy I'm, I am when I'm outside there. And, and, you know, the weather here is beautiful. We've got one of the most beautiful springtime weather uh, lately. And, and so just being outside on the countryside and watching in nature, uh, bl you know, blossom and the, and the animals and uh, just gorgeous weather. And, and so it's, it's very motivating. And I'm 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 going to uh, to uh, start some serious uh, marathon training now. Now that I've gotten back into the habit, and I've, I've got to set myself a, a new goal. Yeah, we, we'll have to come up with some new goals and, and and share them in a in an upcoming show. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm excited to hear that you that you lost the eight, and I'm very excited about your half marathon. And I'm hoping to to report back some some things now that this event is behind me. Uh, and eventually I'm going to get caught up in the other areas of my life and it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to do that. And I encourage people to uh, check in with me. Uh, you know, pursuingabalancedlife.com is another podcast that I do where I kind of share my journey day to day, kind of in the same way that you do on the Healthy Catholic podcast and the break. So, um, And of course you can, uh, on Twitter, you've got this great tag, um, hashtag that people can add to their posts to, to keep, to keep other people of the community informed about, you know, what you're doing in terms of, you know, balance, balanced living. And that's P-A-B-L. Yes. Uh, you add that to your tweet, then we can all follow you. And so it's, it's great. So you put the little, what is it, a pound sign and then P-A-B-L, which stands for pursuing a balanced life. Yeah. If you, if you put pound P-A-B-L, it shows up with a ton of other people who are out there uh, also pursuing a balanced life. It's a great community. And uh, very cool. If you go to pursuingabalancedlife.com on the right hand side of my site on my on the right hand side of my website, it's a running total of. I mean, you will automatically show up on my website if you actually put pound P A B L there. It's really cool. Check it out. 
but Father Roderick, you know what? We've been talking a lot. I know that the the finales tonight. Uh, we have a great guest that we're going to be talking to, and of course, let's just go ahead and get her on the line. All right, so we have Allie on the line with us. Allie, we are so excited to have you on such a, a, a big day for The Biggest Loser. I know. The finale is always... I, 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 let's just point it out. I can't believe it's finale already. I mean, give me a break. It feels like they just started and I just saw them on campus, but um, it's always one of those highlighting moments of the years for all of us Biggest Loser contestants, past and present. So it's just kind of a, a, a fun, fun day. Does, it, does time seem to go by faster when you're just watching the show on TV compared to when you're going through the process yourself? Oh, my goodness. You couldn't have put it better. Yeah, like I literally, I cannot believe that it's finale right now. And um, I know how they feel. But even when I watch the show, you guys, I mean, I watch it now and I blog for it and I watch it just because I want to watch it as well. But I sit there every week and I'm just, I'm crying, I'm laughing. I'm like, how did I do that? You know what I mean? <laughs> and I've done it and I still feel that way. So um, it's just, yeah, it's it's. It's an amazing show, and to watch everybody go through their journeys, and I think that this season in particular with Darius and Michael and, you know, Ashley, um, just some of my favorites, to just see them kind of grow into their own and really, um, wholly, like all of them, I think it was really just an incredible season to watch them get to know who they were and have the confidence and know that they... And the common denominator, I think, too, this season was a lot of them really... Their driving force of being on the show is never having a relationship. And I think that that speaks volumes to, you know, what it means to to live life is that you want to have relationships and you want to be able to experience that. And for all of these contestants, none of them ever having um, one in their life, at least the final four, definitely uh, speaks volumes, so... Now, if we go back in time to the year uh, 2008, where um, it's actually 2007, when the fifth season started that you participated in, um, what can you tell us a little bit about the the whole process leading up to you participating in that season of The Biggest Loser? When was the moment that you flipped the switch or that you got excited about the show and, and, and about the prospect of perhaps being one of the contestants? Well, it's really funny. Um, I actually wasn't a fan of the show. I never watched it. I had a younger sister who was an avid fan, and she would basically hound me time and time again. Oh, Allie, you got to watch this show, The Biggest Loser. And when I first heard it, like heard of it and the name, I was like, um, excuse me? Quite frequently, I'm offended. What, are they mocking heavy people? Like, I don't think so, you know? And then I, um, she would say, you got to watch it, you got to watch it. She's DVR. And I caught a few episodes here and there, and I thought, oh, this show isn't that bad. It wasn't until the season finale of season three, and I was at my mom's house and happened upon it when she was watching it, um, ended up watching the season finale when a gentleman named Eric Chopin lost over 200 pounds. And and I was just, like, dumbfounded and amazed and mesmerized by this man's experience because I had gotten to a point in my life where I had been struggling for my weight for years, but up until that point it wasn't you know there was a few years just prior to that where I was truly truly unhappy and wanted to do something I had contemplated having surgery you know I wanted I just wanted to feel good about myself I was tired of feeling bad about who I was and when I saw this guy get on that scale the very first time he felt how or he looked the way that I felt 
you know, and then I saw him punch through that poster and he lost over 200 pounds and he was a different man, full of confidence and you knew that he was going to do anything that he put his mind to. I was like, I want to feel that. Like, that's what I've been searching for. Kind of like the answer to my, my prayers. And I turned to my mom and I was like, I want to be on this show, um, you know, and so that was actually the first moment that it actually started. It wasn't until months, months later where uh, Mesa had an open casting call it was August 11th, and I was my mom and I were 11th in line, and we went down there, and it was, um, I think, you know, from the moment we decided to stand in that line was really what changed it for us. Allie, let me ask and, you, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, then I was just going to say, then you go through the whole, you know, the whole process of the interviews, and you go through steps, you're sequestered for a week, you have private investigators, I mean, they do the whole nine yards to make sure that you're okay to be on the show. Let me ask you what what was what was your life like before that? I mean, you 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 said you had not heard of the show really. You, you kind of felt offended when you heard the the title, The Biggest Loser. But I mean, you had said that you struggled with your weight. But what what was your life like before that? What what did you do for a living? You know. Well, you know, I yeah, I grew up a synchronized swimmer. I was nationally, internationally ranked. Um, I was an athlete, and um, it wasn't you know I never I didn't nothing catastrophic happened to me that led to my weight gain. It was just five pounds at a time, a little bit here, a little bit there, getting, you know, passed up in my career, having a bad breakup, you know, not feeling um, included, whatever it was that just kind of life happens. And uh, I, the problem was that I never, I would gain five pounds and then I would, I was like, oh, five pounds, I'm huge, you know, and then um, somehow time would pass and as time would pass for that new five pound weight became my new weight. And so then when I would get on the scale again, I, I gained <laughs> five pounds again, you know, so it was five pounds here, five pounds there, and before I knew it, five was 50, 50 was 100, and um, that felt unbearable, impossible. I was so ashamed. I was like, you know, I know better, I should do better, and I, I just couldn't find my way out of it. I wasn't rare, I wasn't completely clear on how I got to be so big, and so I didn't know how to get away from being so big. You know, I just knew that I was really, really, really unhappy. I felt like I wasn't living the life that I wanted. I wasn't having opportunities because of my weight. Just lots of different things. You know, I was a hairstylist. I was a hairstylist for, um, but also been very, very successful in my career, booked months in advance. You know, I taught the best, even in that aspect of my life. You know, I was good enough to teach all the people to go on stage, but I felt I was never on stage, and I just felt like like a platform artist. I felt like a lot of that had to do with the way that I looked and that I was passed up at that point, you know, going on the show and then realizing different things about myself. I don't think, you know, in hindsight, I got passed up because of my weight. I think in hindsight, I got passed up because I had a bad attitude. You know, I was heavy, and it, it had nothing to do with 234 pounds. You know, I would walk into the room, and I had heavy energy. I was ready for you to to judge me, you know, I was on the defense because of my, what the only thing that I could possibly reason it to be was my weight. Because if you knew me and you knew how I really felt, then, and you took the time, then you would know that I'm a, you know, I'm a good person and that I want to do this or, or whatever. But, um, you know, and I just, I just used my weight as a, as an excuse in the, in the long run. Now, you entered the competition together with your mom. Was she on board right from the start? Was she excited? Who was more excited or more motivated? Oh, my gosh. No, 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 no. Mom went down to find out where I said I needed to stand in line. I remember the night that we actually found out that there was um, 
uh, casting call in Mesa. Mom had text messaged me, and she's all, get on the text message at Rick Good News BL's in town. And I was like, Mom had just started text messaging. And so I was like, BL, what is that, some new acronym she learned, you know? And so <laughs> I call her up, and I'm like, Mom, I was like, what's going on? She's like, oh, my gosh, but she calls me about it. She's like, oh, my gosh, but they're doing an open casting call in Mesa. You know, tomorrow you got to go stand in line. And I was like, I can't afford to. It was Saturday. I was like, I can't afford to. And she's like, you can't afford not to. And so I was like, fine, go find out where I need to stand in line. And so she was going down just to find out where I need to stand in line. And then the security guard told her. It was the first time ever that it had happened. The security guard said, you know, they're looking for couples. And she said her heart just dropped because she knew she was going to have to go. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of how it started for my mother. But um, she needed to go. I don't know. Many, not many people know, but like six months prior, in the December prior to August 11th when we were in line, uh, my mom had a routine, if there is such thing as a routine, angiogram, and um, they found a clot that ended up passing during her procedure, and they, um, she coded it on the table. They were able to bring her back, but then she was on life support for 48 hours. Oh. It was touch and go. We didn't know, and it was uh, so much of that had to do with her, her weight. And so she needed to get healthy. She just didn't really want to. <laughs> she didn't want to go to the Vegas loser, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, so... Wow. I think everybody who watched that fifth season remembers your mom because she was definitely, I think, one of the strongest characters ever to enter the competition. Well, you know what? It's so funny. We were just at, um, we just filmed season, um, the first episode for season 10, which you'll see, um, you know, coming coming up in the next um, Vegas Loser. But we were there with some of the casting people, and they were like, every season when they go out to cast people for the show, I guess the producers tell them to find me another Betty Sue. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, she was definitely one of the most notorious Vegas Loser contestants past. Nice. <laughs> Let me ask you, why do you, I mean, obviously they must have had many people who applied to be on the show and stuff like that. Why do you think that they ended up choosing you? Well, you know, I mean, I, I think you can, you can, you, you can see many different things. Mom and I, at this point in our lives, really truly believe that it was, I believe it was my destiny, you know, and I started to create and to, to collect evidence to that, you know, even down to the thing that it was August 11th, we were 11th in line. Mom went up and down the line and said, it's August 11th, we're 11th in line, you might as well go home, they're choosing us. <laughs> then, uh, you know, it was the first time they had couples. We were the first mother-daughter team. Uh, I became the first female to win. We were the first team in pink, you know, in a color so historically connected with women fighting for their lives and for strength. You know, I know, you know, we were eliminated and then I, I won my right back. They've never done that before. It was all the first for our season and you know, we were, we were, you know, I don't know, we were the very first city that they did the open casting call for, and we were the, you know, we were the very first mother-daughter team they interviewed, and they left us. So, um, I, I don't think that it hurt that my mom has a personality for that fills the whole room. You know? <laughs> <laughs> now, what strikes me most about your journey during The Biggest Loser, because that's, that's the only part of your life that I've witnessed, of course, is how you changed, not just physically, but mentally, how you you changed completely in in attitude, having this kind of, uh, well, as you said, this kind of unhappiness at the beginning, and then you started to become more and more positive, you know, any challenge was good, you You were very positive towards your your fellow contestants, you you didn't really do the, the heavy gameplay that we see sometimes on the show. What is that attitude? Where does it, where do you where do you get it from? Where do you find it? Well, you know, I definitely didn't. I, I didn't do the gameplay. I didn't. Well, I was a different woman from the 
the moment I first was on campus to the minute I came back, because I was eliminated in my fourth week, and that really hit home and understanding that, you know what, okay, this is the rest of my life, and I have to figure this out. I knew that I that this is the opportunity of a lifetime, even just uh, acknowledging it and really going for it. So even after I was eliminated, I was like, I need to figure out how to do this for me, because I never want to be here again. And I just, you know, I depended on what I could, and that was myself, and I realized that the only thing that I truly can control in life is me. It's how I perceive things, how I take things, how I digest things, how I uh, participate in things, you know, and so I just focused on that. I didn't focus on beating anybody. I didn't focus on uh, making someone wrong. I focused on being the best that I could be, and I thought, you know, I realized and acknowledged that for so long I collected all this evidence of why I didn't have the things in my life. For example, blamed a lot of it on my weight, you know. I got broken up with because I was heavy, not because I never left them close to begin with. You know, I got passed up, not because I was heavy, but because I had a bad attitude in my career. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I wasn't included, not because I was heavy, it's because that I never, um, I never, I never gave the people opportunity to include me, you know? And so I, but then that got to be reasons why, and I was collecting all this bad evidence of why I didn't have everything I wanted in my life, and I thought, huh, I really truly acknowledged on that campus um, that, you know, I thought for years other people were judging me and putting me in a box. And, and I realized that the only one person judging me and putting myself in a box was me. And if I was that powerful to hold myself back for so long, then I must be that powerful to pull myself out of this and pull myself forward. And so I decided, you know what, why not me? Why not just give it a go and start thinking of things differently and, you know, and collecting evidence for why I should have everything I want in my life and, and the goals that I dream and my dreams, you know, and I, you know, I was the one that, you know, like I just was like, okay, yeah, of course I'm going to be the first female biggest loser because we're the very first mother-daughter team. You know, we're the very first time they had couples. They've never brought a player back. That means that I'm truly, I really am going to be it. I remember sitting in the gym at home and mom and I were in the locker room. We just finished working out. We got the call from the casting person because it had never been done. You know, and they said, we might, I don't know, but we, you know, in a way we're going to fly you out to campus and, and you might, we're still thinking about it. Or you might have an opportunity to win yourself a place back on campus. And I was like, what? Well, I had never stopped believing that I was going to be the first female biggest loser, although I, I wasn't, obviously wasn't. I remember in the elimination room, I said I was. And Allie's Al- 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 like, uh, actually, Allie, you're not. There's a van ready to escort you off of campus. You know, and I was just like, but when I was at home, I kept saying it. Believe it, be it. I'm going to be the first female biggest loser. And it drove me to make it through those workouts when I didn't want to. And what that meant for me was that I was going to show up at that finale with the highest percentage of weight loss. I was going to prove to myself that I could create the impossible, like I witnessed that man create in season three. I was going to prove to the world that a female could do it. I just was, I was going to do what, uh, I was going to do it for me. And so when we were sitting in that gym, I got that phone call. I hung up the phone and I looked at my mom and I was like, I really am going to be the first female biggest loser. And she looked at me and she just said, she, uh, yeah, she just looked at me and she said, I know, Bubba. You know what I mean? It was like a given. Like, and I just, I started thinking of things differently and, and really, truly um, seeing every reason why not me. I was convinced that all these women in the gym, they, when I was at home and we, we would have dark days and go work out in regular gyms, they were rooting for me. They even had it on their bus that said Team Pink. You know, I mean, that's Victoria's Secret, but I didn't care. They were rooting for me. You know what I mean? Like, that is awesome. I was just, I just played with it. You know, there was pink in all the store windows. I'm like, pink is the new black. I'm going to be the first female biggest loser. Pink is the color of the first female biggest loser. And I just started having fun. And why not me? A woman is going to win it someday. Why not it be me? That Absolutely. Let, let me ask you this. I mean, so so you, you, you have this, 
you know, before that you come onto the ranch, you have this attitude of, you know, I just, I feel miserable. I don't know how this happened to me and, 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 and stuff like that. But you mentioned some of the thoughts that, you know, you were placing blame elsewhere and outside of yourself and all of these other things. Well, and then you have this new mindset. Can you tell us what were some of the things that catalyzed the change? How did the well, mindset you know, really change? Just, yeah, absolutely. And I do, I, it's, it's a process. You don't just wake up one day and decide to be happy. You know, you wish it was that easy, but you also don't wake up one day and, and really, you know, decide to be unhappy. It just kind of happens. And so you have to go through the work and through the process. And one of the things that I realized is that, you know, um, I uh, it started one minute on the treadmill, literally one minute on, one minute off, one minute on, one minute off. It was the hardest minute of my life. And, you know, and then it was the shortest minute of my life you know, when I was off of it. But in that minute, I realized that, like, I had to start where I was. And, um, and it was okay, but if I realized if I could do one, I could do two. And if I could do two, I could do four. And I just built from there. And in that also, I realized that I had quit setting goals in my life. It wasn't until I was going for that, what felt impossible, and then did it, and then felt and pushed it a little bit further and did it, that I acknowledged that there hadn't been a lot of things that I was going for in my life. And therefore, there was nothing truly to win at or celebrate about who I was as a person. So no wonder I felt miserable about myself, you know? And it also was easier to live a life with no responsibility, you know, to some extent. It wasn't easier in the fact that I wasn't I wasn't happy, but it was easier to um, not have the responsibility and kind of be victim to my circumstance. So I thought, and what I realized was that wasn't true. It's not easier because what the prices I'm paying for, for uh, living haphazardly is a, a price of, of aloneness, of feeling... Um, separate then, of feeling, you know, by myself, feeling like nobody possibly understands me. Well, that's just really, that's not true. And quite frankly, that's kind of arrogant to think that I'm the only one that possibly feels this way. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so just breaking it down and starting to set goals and starting to see results and having wins in my life and having the confidence and, and forgiving myself. It was a huge, huge journey in forgiveness and continues to be because it's every day for the rest of my life. You know, there was a lot of things that I realized in those hours upon hours of being on those machines. I would fill the machine for the very first 10 minutes and then I just would start thinking about my life. And I just started to check in. And it's like, where have I been? Where was I now? What did I want to do with my life? Where has the different things changed? Because when I was younger, I mean, I was going to conquer the world. You know, what I mean? I told my mom that I didn't know why, but I was here. I, I felt that God had put me here for, for a huge reason, you know, and for on a, so that I was going to contribute to my world on a, on a big scale. Now, I mind you, I had no idea it would be anything related to the biggest loser scale. You know, when I was a little girl, you probably would have said that I was going to be, thought I would be the first female president, you know, but um, I knew that. But somewhere around the road, I, I forgot about that. That was another way I beat myself up. I was a nationally, internationally ranked synchronized swimmer, and now I wanted going up a flight of stairs. I don't even feel comfortable in a swimsuit. That was another way I beat myself up. And so as I continued to beat myself up, myself up throughout my life, I was feeling bad about myself. I just started creating that. I started creating misery, you know. And um, so I decided to forgive myself. I decided to quit shooting on myself, if you will. You know, the whole I should have been this, I should have been that. And, and just acknowledge where I'm at in this moment. Acknowledge that I want something more. What does that more look like? And consciously 
put effort towards it and go for it. And in in that, I was able to regain my confidence and my happiness and truly know that I that we all are powerful human beings and I have the power to create my destiny. And so now it's about painting it. What do I want it to look like? Paint the life of my dreams and create it. But you have to do more than just visualize it. You have to put action behind it. And I did it hours upon hours upon hours. I put effort to it. But I knew exactly what I was going to wear when I was standing on that scale and the confetti was falling. And Ali Sweeney said, you are the first female biggest loser. And I also knew that that would forever just be a moment in time that would give me something to constantly call back on that I created what felt like impossible. And nothing truly is impossible if you break it down one minute on, one minute off, one step at a time. Now, it was, it was really amazing to see that, that victory, and it was very important for you, but also you've become a role model for so many women and, and men, not, not just in the United States, but I, I think in, in the whole world, who look you know, at you and really- are inspired. Uh, yeah, it's so much fun because, you know, now with the whole internet and stuff, I'm able to uh, contact, to keep, or re- get, receive contact from people from all over the um, the world. That, I mean, it's been in Asia and e- Egypt and Europe. I mean, literally it aired in like 80 different countries and continues to Australia. And I get responses from everybody. And I was the first female ever to win, period, Biggest Loser around the world. And they, there's several countries that have their own Biggest Loser. But yeah, I think that it was just, I was the first person too who truly um up until me they hadn't really tried to it was they were working through it and having big breakthroughs but it was all guys that one and so guys have a hard time articulating it you know and i really just wanted to let go and to and to know that i would be able to jump start my life and so i just tried to figure it out and i tried to put words behind it and i think that um you know that was gave people an opportunity not only to to feel like they related but to hear me say it and and hear the the things that were coming out of my mouth and truly acknowledge that that's how they were feeling too and so it became more relatable and if i could do it they could do it and that's the bottom line if you know if i and i felt that way when i saw when i saw eric you know do it but um i think that and i think that by me continuing to want to put myself out there and to talk about it and to because it's the journey of the rest of our lives once i got that i was kind of like okay I could do this then. As long as I consciously know that it's every day for the rest of my life, I'm going to be okay. It reminds me of a story that, like, my dad, I mean, I was a hairstylist, and he was started to lose his hair. And um, he was a candidate for Rogaine, so I put him on it, and he started to get his hair back, and he was so happy. And so a year later, after he was on this program, he's like, oh, Allie, I love my hair, but, you know, I have to do that every single day. And I was like, no, you don't. And he's like, what? I don't? And I was like, no. You know, and you can be bald, or you can and have the hair of your dreams. I guess I have to do. I don't have to do it every day, but I choose to do it every day. And choose to stay conscious and count my calories and work out and do things to, so that I can feel good about myself. Because feeling like my body will never hold me back again feels very liberating and good, and it feels like I can do anything I put my mind to. That is awesome. Hey, you were just a couple weeks ago in my hometown. I mean, literally five minutes down the road at Burlington First Church of Christ doing some public speaking there. Uh, Obviously, this is one of the things I guess you do now. Uh, Do you love going out and speaking to people around the world? I I mean, is that something that you ever dreamed would be possible? It's my favorite, 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 favorite 
thing about my new reality. And it really truly is because I can't tell you how alone I did feel at 234 pounds. I even had friends that were, you know, bigger than me or smaller than, you know, than me, but had weight issues. But I just, I quit talking to people. I quit talking about how I was feeling. And because I thought that if I really got too close and people would, would really see how miserable I felt and how could anybody feel this miserable about themselves, you know, and I just was like, you know, I felt so alone and I just, I know that it's possible. It's just that if you think of it as overwhelming, if I thought of losing over a hundred pounds, I never would have been able to do it. Never. But if I thought of doing something for one minute, I could do anything for one minute. And so it's, it's really that. And I try to talk to people and I want to look them in the eye and I want to give them a big hug and be like, you know what? I don't know what your it is, but you can do it. But you just got to break it down. You got to acknowledge it. If you think of it as this overwhelming thing, then guess what? It is overwhelming and impossible. But if you break it down to, I can do this step of it, you know, it truly is that a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And it's, uh, it's that you each and every step gets you further or closer to your goal, and um, it, it really is the it's the small changes, the small choices that add up to the big result. If you look back on your journey so far, what would you say is uh, and and I'm I'm talking your journey starting with the the, the beginning of of the this fifth season of um, of the Biggest Loser. What was the most difficult moment, and what was the most exciting moment? Looking back. Oh, boy, I don't even, honestly, I don't know how to pinpoint that. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, there were so many, every moment, every second, every, I was scared every single second of every day on that campus. And then I thought that was the hardest year of my life until the year right after The Biggest Loser. <laughs> you know, and I was like, who am I in my new life at home? And you know what I mean? And I was just like trying to figure out like, well, you know, because that was kind of the thing too. Another reason why I would never let myself get there and be happy and lose the weight and have have that part of the equation be gone. Because then what if all the things I wanted in my life that I blamed my weight on not having, what if I, I had that, if I've, If that wasn't there and I still didn't have those in my life, what would that say about me? And so that was like the year right after. It's like figuring out how to live the life of my dreams now that I didn't have the biggest excuse staring me back in the mirror. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, well now I have to actually put action to this. You know? And so, I mean, it's just, it's about living. And you know what? In living, you're going to stumble. You're going to fall down and you have to have support systems. And I think that probably the, the greatest thing is really truly realizing and acknowledging that the support I always dreamed of and desired and the love I always had. And it was in my family and I just didn't really, I didn't acknowledge that because I got so good at feeling alone that I created aloneness amongst a group of people. And um, so I think that that's the biggest gift and the most amazing moment um, is really truly knowing that and celebrating that, you know, from each time I came home to to continually celebrating it. And the hardest part was just knowing that, um, you know, I was, you know, life is hard, not really, but, you know, I mean, you have hard moments, but you can push through it. But there were so many moments where I just... Didn't, didn't think that I could, and um, it's amazing. We are absolutely, our strength that we have inside of us is, um, I don't even know how to put words to it, it's so amazing, and you can find the strength to push through, you just have to um, dig deep. You know, I got to a point where I was just like, well, worst case scenario, I pass out, they revive me. <laughs> Honestly, because if I didn't, then I, if I didn't like let it go like that, I couldn't have continued. <laughs> so. Now, is that why you were on the campus or have you ever had that feeling since you've been home? 
Oh, gosh. You know, when I, um, not since I've been home because I haven't been going for something that, like, that hard as far as, like, physically. I mean, in, I guess when I do triathlons and stuff, but I, I'm, I'm more responsible in the fact that, you know, I, I really am just trying to enjoy my experiences now as far as, you know, instead of, I get really competitive. So I have to, I actually have to, um, consciously choose not to be so competitive. Right. <laughs> so I understand that you have a book out. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the I book? Do. Yeah, it's called Believe It Be It, How Being the Biggest Loser Won Me Back My Life. And it really just kind of um, speaks to my personal experience um, during this journey, The Biggest Loser. You know, there's, a, there's you know, no new truth in diet and exercise. And Mom and I both knew that when we uh, stepped foot on that ranch. But really, truly, we had no idea the emotional and spiritual journey we were walking into. And so I really um, try to articulate that and some of the experiences I've come up against through that journey and since that journey and um, and how I was able to find strength to push forward. And a lot of that has, uh, you know, is, is, you know, just has to do with faith and believing in yourself and knowing that you can, but what does that look like? You know, we hear it over and over again, but what does it actually look like? And so I share it through um, through my experience. Allie, tonight is the finale. This show is going to be posted today, uh, just before the, the this this final wrap up of this season. Of course, I have to ask you, who are you rooting for? Well, you know, it's kind of weird because I do feel like since I'm not the oldest by any means, but I definitely feel like the mom of the biggest losers. They all look up to me. You know, I go and meet all of them. And so, um, and it's so funny, like I, 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 I'm not a mom. Um, I will be someday. I hope to be soon, but I'm not yet. <laughs> uh, but I go up to all of them and I hug them and I'm like, you know, you're going to be okay. You're going to make it. This too shall pass. And then I tell them that their ear, you're it. I know what, you're the next biggest loser, and they just, they're like, you think so? I'm like, I know so, but I tell every single one of them. They don't know I'm telling every single one of them, but I do, you know, and I think that that's what moms do, and, you know, tell, you know, but uh, I, you know, I, I always root for pink. I can't help it. I have a, I have a little bias for pink, so, and, you know, pink's never disappointed me, and it has always ended up to be a top runner, so, in the finale. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I'll put my money on pink any day. There you go. Well, Ali, uh, we just want to say thank you once again for coming on to the show today. Uh, your energy is enthusi- I mean, is so enthusiastic, and it's, uh, I, I think it's contagious. I really hope that people will take some of the things that you've shared and, and really let that help be a catalyst in their own lives to get off the couch and to really get involved in, in making a new reality for their lives and, and, uh, where can people find you online for additional information about you personally? Absolutely. I have a website, um, AllieVincent.com. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at AllieVincent or Facebook, AllieVincent, you know, fan page. And it tells you, I, I try to post and blog and do as much as I can. On my website, my mom and I both blog about different things that come up with us, you know, like from sitting in a restaurant with friends now or, you know, some experiences that I've had with other people, recipes, different things like that. It's just about continually sharing it. The more I share, the more support I get, you know, and so uh, it's about building a support system. But truly, you guys, if you are sitting on that couch, I was that girl sitting on that couch that just wanted more. I wanted to do a 5K like nobody's business. 
so much, I was so afraid of it that I didn't even know that it wasn't five miles. You know, so really it just starts with admitting that you, that you having the courage to say aloud what you want and then putting that first step forward and getting the resources. You have to get a support system behind you. You know, podcasts, online services, people in your community, they're all ways to, um, to get support. So, um, take advantage of it and just do it. It starts with one step and you two can, um, take, you can create anything you want. Trust me. Uh, I trust me, you can. Like, <laughs> so, um, thanks for having me. But it's AllieVincent.com and, you know, at Allie on Twitter, too. Allie that, Vincent. That is awesome. We will definitely keep uh, our eye on you, and, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in a future episode, I guess, in Season 10. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. We're going all around the country, so you'll see lots of different people. Sounds wonderful. Well, thank you again for being on the show. And I'm going to be on QVC tomorrow. So go on there. <laughs> I so, totally forgot. You're going to so, air this today. We're going to be yeah. on QVC tomorrow with Biggest Loser. So, so did I'll you say the new product. QVC, you said, right? Yeah, QVC, the Home Shopping Network. And we're going to have the Body Bug, which is actually one of the number one tools that got me to my weight loss goals. And I continue to use in my maintenance. Say, say that product one more time. Uh, we're, one of the new products that we're having on the show is called the Body Bug. And they gave it to all of us on campus. It truly is the number one tool we use to um, get us to our weight loss goals and as well as it's helped me in maintaining my weight loss sense. So that's going to be first time ever on um, QVC. Our first airing is 3 o'clock in the morning, tomorrow morning, uh, East Coast time, which is right after the season finale, Pacific Coast. And then um, 11 o'clock in the morning, East Coast time, we'll have two full hour shows of Biggest Laser products. Very cool. Well, thank you again, Ali. Like I said, you're welcome on our show anytime. And uh, all we, right. Well, now I got the number. <laughs> you you got the number now. And of course, I know that you you actually interact with a bunch of the other folks in the cast, and you have your own little uh, chat session groups and stuff like that. Please let other folks know that the Biggest Loser Fan Podcast exists, and that we want to talk to just about anybody and everybody from the show that that has ever been on there. We we would love to just continue to get great insights on how people can live a more balanced and healthy life. Awesome. Well, you need to have my mom on there then. We'll have to arrange that. All right. Let, let, yeah, definitely. Let's uh, arrange that. Just talk to, uh, I, I guess you have a manager or publicist, right? That took care of setting everything oh, up today. Oh, I got all of it. I got all of it. Yeah, yeah we'll figure it out. <laughs> you have your people call my people. All right. All right. We, we're people with people now. Okay. Isn't that great? <laughs> all right. Thank you again. It's a little too much for me, but I take it one step at a time. <laughs> we appreciate it. Have a good day. Uh, Okay, bye. Bye. Wow, Father Ruddick, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> it's unbelievable. We All these people from The Biggest Loser Show are so talkative. I mean, they're just they're bubbling with energy and with motivation. It's, it's awesome. It makes our job so much easier. I'll tell you what, I'm sitting here thinking, you know what? I don't have to do a whole lot. I'm sitting here chatting with people in the chat room, fielding questions and and uh, just keeping up with, a matter of fact, two different chat rooms. So I love it when we have somebody like a Pete Thomas and, and Ali Vincent who can just talk because they have so much valuable things to share. And, and I love that. And it goes to show how much this, this show, The Biggest Loser, has impacted their lives. And that's, I think, where they get that energy and that motivation. It is because it has changed everything they are uh, today. And, and, and of course, you want to talk about that. And it's so exciting to, uh, to hear that, you know, right from the source. What I love about, you know, talking with somebody like uh, Ali, she's obviously, you know, won the biggest loser. And she has, for the last couple of years, been able to, to keep that weight off and to maintain 
this lifestyle. You know, I think that was probably when I first heard about The Biggest Loser. And it was, you know, I actually heard about it when it first came out, well before I ever started watching the show myself. I remember the biggest criticisms were, you know, this is ridiculous. These people, they're not going, you know, they're going to be on here a couple weeks. They're going to go through all this crazy stuff to lose this weight, but nobody's going to be able to keep that stuff off. And a majority of the people do. Absolutely. And um, provided that they've changed mentally, internally, I think that is always the key ingredient for a long-lasting success. And that was what struck me when I was watching, uh, you know, not not the finale of, of this season, but the, the episode before where, you know, they're preparing for this marathon. And, and you hear uh, Dara's his failure basically because there is this temptation to fall back into old behaviors because there's still a little bit of hurt that has not been healed and I'm still confident that he will get there but it just shows you that success is you know the key to success is this inner change and it's this inner healing and I loved what what Ali said about forgiving yourself yeah that was for me the most important thing that she said because it's so easy to fall back in that blame yourself game and that's so self-destructive and we've been used to having that attitude and once we get over that that's i think when we will be successful in the long run Uh, yeah and not only did she say that it's forgiving yourself but i love that she pointed out the fact that she says even today i'm still forgiving myself it's a daily thing and and i think that's important for us to remember you know because we do slip up Father Roderick, before you and I hit the record button today, we were talking about the fact that I I was just crazy and feeling out of control before we hit the record button, before Allie called, because I'm sitting here struggling today, this week, with no margin in my life. For some crazy reason, I, I did five things on my calendar back to back to back. And I'm like, why did I do that? And I just need to forgive myself and say, you know what? Let's get through today and let's learn from the experience. I know exactly how you feel and I've been there and I'm, I'm certainly going to be there in the future as well. But again, it's not just about failing, but it is about your ability to pick yourself up and to start again and to kind of refresh your commitment. And that is what counts. It's your attitude, even in these periods of time where it's, it's tough and you sometimes struggle. Absolutely. And of course, my friends, tonight is the finale of The Biggest Loser and we are certainly excited to see who it is. Father Roderick, do you have any clue? Who, who, who are you rooting for? I don't know. I, I, I think Darius is just a great guy, and I wish him. I, I hope that he wins, but we'll see. Yeah. Probably when people are listening to this, it's already, you know, <laughs> already know. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, hey, everybody. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Ali Vincent. Check her out over there at AliVincent.com and Twitter.com slash Ali Vincent. Until next time, be a loser.